Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. All right, rather uh, violent exchange with the suit. Uh, not on my part. I. Hi, pal. How are you? Get away from me. I'm selling. What, what does that mean? I hope everything's going well. I'm trying to save the station. What what does that mean, Sean? What is... Putting a corporation on his shoulders? Yeah. We got a team. We got a team that can handle that. Uh, I understand. I mean, sure, I know you do. Uh, yeah, let's see. Yeah. Let's see. It's, uh, I said, parties at five man up. He says, that's when I leave for Shemokin. You're forgetting. I don't have Tarman to set up for me. I said, weak. Very, very, very weak. I'm all about making it a perfect broadcast, to which I texted back, if that's the case, hit the party first. <laughs> Did you hear Kevin's basketball broadcast from Smokin? But it sounded like a fun broadcast. Do you notice that? <laughs> that was something else. Man. Yeah. I'm telling you right now. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't have taken that shot. Whoa! Okay. <laughs> a little eggnog. <laughs> oh. Just a bit outside setting that screen. Euchre <laughs> oh. in the, it was a Major League Two, when the Indians start fighting in the dugout and he's bombed. And he's got his he's got his head down and he's blasted. And the Indians start fighting in their own dugout and he perks up and goes, Oh my goodness! Look at the Indians. They're showing signs of life. <laughs> Fly ball. <laughs> Caught. <laughs> oh, God. Well, then you're going to have to set up way in advance him doing picks for the bowl games. I mean, if we have to now do this by appointment radio. No, it's just, hey, if you want to defend your crown, you're in the chair a week from Friday at 4.06. Just no getting around it, right? No, exactly. I'm just, you know, I'm just pointing out. That, oh, you know, yeah. Three, yep. Three-time defending champion. I mean, it's amazing when it comes to him. We have to prod. We have to push. We have to twist arms. I called Jim Delaney. I said, Jim, can you be on Friday's show? He says, yes. Yes, and Jim is on Friday show, by the way. So I mean, but I mean, you know, a, or would you want, guy, or would you want Kevin on at three thirty-five till four thirty, and then we have our regular pick segment at four thirty-five? We could do it that way if you want. No, 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 no. We'll just do it all, all we'll one hour. Okay. Hour. Yeah, all in one hour. I mean, okay. anything, I mean, no, whatever we can do to get out of the way will be good. Uh, so. <laughs> But, I mean, if you notice, like, to do a Thursday segment, I don't know, to go to Maddie's on Wednesday with his football coach. Oh. oh. Right. We call Jim Delaney, who allegedly is somebody with power in sports. Yeah, sure, I'll do the show. Yeah, explain that to me. I can't. If I would, I could. 
I mean, there's power, and then there's perceived power. <laughs> <laughs> and there's some things in this world you try to explain, yet uh, you can't. I mean, we're, I mean, we're going to get Washington's athletic director on next week. All right, I think I think I want to say Wednesday or Wednesday or Thursday. It's Thursday next week, the fourteenth, I think. Hey, one phone call. Yeah, she says, "No, oh, I'll do it." Kevin, can you do the picks? I don't know. I have a big appointment that I'm going to get turned down with again. All right, so I mean, <laughs> <laughs> avoid the letdown and just join us. It's all good. I, <laughs> I, I got to give the people that he's going to credit. I mean, they've come up with 18 different ways of saying no. All right, so let's. Uh, <laughs> at least they aren't redundant. All right. <laughs> Jamie, have you ever thought it was the messenger? All right, so <laughs> they seem to say yes when Jamie comes around. Have you noticed that? Yeah. Hmm. All right. Must be delivery, presentation. I I, I don't know. I'm English stumped. language. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> it's all Greek to him. That's part of the problem. All right. So, <laughs> Jamie, do you realize Kevin's attempting to speak Greek? <laughs> All right. Let's take a, uh, a look at last night's play-by-play call of the day. Chris Boswell wins it for the Steelers' Bill Hillgrove on 100.9 The Valley. Ball on the right hash. This is a 38-yard field goal attempt. The ball is on its way. That kick is long enough, high enough, and that kick is good. And the Pittsburgh Steelers climb from the grave and win a football game that at one point looked like the impossible. I can understand why Bill would say that. I mean, that's, it was an uphill climb for them all night, but it's just something about Cincinnati where you really have to give them credit. All right? You just feel like no matter what game they're in, they will figure out a way to hand it to you. <laughs> The field goal, though, before halftime was huge. That was the start of the momentum yeah, turn. And it only took three yeah. plays for them to get down the field and a little bit of help with a little bit of laundry to get uh, Boswell in range. And uh, just amazing with Boswell. He has never missed a point after or, or a field goal in all of his games against the Bengals. He's batting a 1,000. Well, you know what? I want to talk about the laundry for a second. All right. And Sean McDonough uh, brought this up in rather poignant turns. Another guy that we called and said, yeah, I'll do the show, and, and said yes right away. Imagine well, why, that. Yeah. Why is it we keep calling people that keep saying yes? The one guy who's in the building is like, I don't know. i got to get equipment ready for them. <sighs> There'll be a point where, well, I don't want to make Roger stay by saying there'll be a point where we're never inviting him back. <laughs> Roger will be like, yeah, okay. Um yeah, yeah. McDonough wasn't throwing shade last night, but boy, he no. was he was making some very clear, solid well, uh, points last night. I think well, a lot well, of people would agree with. All right. Well, let me give you an example of this. Okay, now this is college. All right, this is college. I, okay, I got that. But Penn State averages. Let me. I think four penalties per game. Whereas I, I just want to make sure I have this right here. Okay, let's see. So I just want to make sure I have my numbers correct because I know they're they're both going to be really low. Uh, let's see. Let's start with Penn State. Okay, Penn State averages. So computers made from old Soviet parts. It takes a little longer. Uh, let's see here. Penn State averages four penalties per game for thirty-nine yards. All right, that's it. 
That's it. That's what Penn State have. Four penalties per game for 39 yards. Now let's take Washington. Because I was, I was doing a lot of Washington work this morning after I was done with uh, some Penn State basketball work. Washington averages four penalties for 39 yards. So the two, the two teams in the Fiesta Bowl, college teams, average a total of eight points, uh, eight penalties for 74 yards between the two of them. That's between the two. One of the reasons that you know that physically college is not a better game than the pros. I mean, it's obvious. Speed, strength, you know, maturity, things like that. Okay, I got that. But one of the reasons some people consider college to be a more entertaining game, a more entertaining game, is that there are different styles, but there are also fewer penalties than in the NFL. Do you realize that? Remember, I just said Penn State and Washington, between the two of them, average eight penalties a game, right? Do you know what Walt Anderson, and of course Walt's come into the crosshairs of this show before, (laughs) for other reasons. Sure you checked them, Walt. Sure you did. Uh, Walt Anderson, Walt, sure you checked the footballs for the game. All of them, didn't you, Walt? Yeah, sure you did. Uh, His crew averages 18 penalties a game. That's accepted. 18. Are you kidding me? That's a penalty every three and a half minutes. No no offense. Okay, Steeler fans will be, oh, no, it was interfering on the the prime play down the sideline. He and Kirkpatrick are going side by side. The ball's overthrown. Okay, let it go. I'm not rooting for any team in that spot. I'm just saying, I'm looking at the play, and I was like, oh, come on. What are you doing here? Why are you calling that penalty? They gotta stay away from the ticky tack stuff. I thought one was I thought one was ticky tack last night too. You brought up uh, uh, Martavis Bryant. There was a kickoff return that he had. There was kind of a ticky tack hold on there. There was one. There was one real close angle where it looked like not really much of a hold there. Well, I always love when the hold is called behind the play. And it's nothing to, if it has something to do with the success of the play, throw the flag. Unless it's a personal foul. It's a personal foul. You have to throw it right away. All right? I don't care where in the field it is. But if there's a, something that happens behind the play, don't throw the flag. You know, these guys need to have a better feel for the game. And you know that's always been my biggest rap when it comes to officiating in football and men's basketball. I talk about this all the time. You need to have a feel for the game. Now, are there some nights where neither team is in sync and they're committing penalties left and right? Yeah. It happens. I mean, I understand that. I mean, you can have nights like that. But I'm watching last night's game, and what Cincinnati get penalized for, what, 173 yards? What were the Steelers penalized for, like 80? You're talking about 200 and 50 yards and penalties between two teams last night. What? Come on. Now, there's certain penalties you have to call, like the Juju Smith-Schuster penalty. You have to call. That was that was the right call. 
But there's something you talk about the holding on the kickoff return, right? The guy kind of stumbled into him, and he just like they just went down. Yeah, I'll give you I'll give you a good example. The the kid for Wisconsin last night, Brad Davison. Okay, that kid flops on every. I'm talking flops every play, and he keeps getting calls. Wake up and know what you're watching. It really bothers me because there was one point last night where they were on offense, and I said, "And they give the ball to Davidson." You can tell Wisconsin's on offense as if Davidson's upright. I mean, there are guys that you look at and you can see that they flop, and it really doesn't take a lot unless you really don't have a feel for the job. Here's a play. I'm trying to think who it was. It may have been Shep Garner in a game. And Shep flopped. You're like, yeah, he got the call. And Dick and I look at each other like, come on. The block charge thing is ruining that game, and pass interference is ruining the NFL game. I think one of the things they ought to do right now in the NFL is they need to adopt the college rule and make pass interference a 15-yard penalty from the line of scrimmage. Unless it's under 15, then it's the spot of the foul. I think they need to do that now Get you know, and, and get rid of it. Because I'm looking around, and I'm telling you right now, pass interference is ruining the game, and for some teams, that is the offense. I'll throw it as far as I can downfield. I'll get a P.I., and we'll have the ball at the 26. I'm sorry, that's not good football. That's not good football. How many times do you watch hand fighting downfield the defense? Because like the the Kirkpatrick play, Kirkpatrick's inside. He's the inside guy. No, it's not going to be interference on him. Hand fighting doesn't really bother me all that much. It's just the no. arm hooking and just impeding your progress down the field. You know, if it's uh, if it's extremely noticeable eyeball test at at, at regular speed, well, oh. sure. Then, but how many times is that going to get called? And when doesn't it called when it should be called? Just have a feel for it. If it impedes the play, it impedes the play. If the ball's massively, if the ball's overthrown and he can't get to it, you don't call it. Guy gets hauled down, you got to call it. I'm sorry, I'm. The NFL has become, and pass interference is a big reason for this. The NFL has become so oriented on pass interference. I mean, you look at the Eagles game the other night. Uh, what was it? One drive or Seattle? Two big PI penalties. They're down the field. Like what the? You just sit there and say, "Oh, for goodness' sakes, that's how you're gaining yardage." Really? That's uh, it's, it's too many ticky tack pass interference calls. And like you take a look at Walt Anderson's crew last night. Sean McDonough was right. When you're averaging calling 18 penalties a game, eh, you are now getting in the way of the game. And I, you know, uh, I don't really see it so much in football. 
But basketball, I see much more of it, where you can tell right away which officials have a feel for the game, and you can tell right away which ones don't. Now, it's in any job, obviously. You have to have a feel for the game. Like, for example, if you have a really good feel for the game, you can go to the holiday party, then go to Shemokin. Oh, sorry. I saw what you did there, Brent. <laughs> it's not funny. <laughs> we'll come back with more in a moment. Here on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by Sunbury Motors. News Radio 1070 WKOK. The Daily Item, BB&T, and the Milton and Sunbury Salvation Army have again teamed up to brighten the holidays for less fortunate families in our area with the Needy Family Fund. Visit WKOK.com to find out more about the families that are being helped this year and to see how you can help us brighten the holidays. You can even contribute in person at any branch of BB&T. Thank you and happy holidays from News Radio 1070 WKOK. Uh, Syracuse down to eight basketball players now with the departure of former Nittany Lion Geno Thorpe, who ended up there after going to South Florida. So Geno Thorpe has left Syracuse. Let's see. Uh, Also, one of the big stories was LeVar Ball, rarely mentioned on this show because there are certain elements that you just feel that are irrelevant. Uh, Pulling, of course, his son, LiAngelo, out of UCLA now to work on getting into the NBA draft. Uh, (laughs) I can't picture him playing a single second in the NBA, but that's all right. And Willie Taggart is going to leave Oregon after a memorable year. (laughs) He's going to take the Florida State job. One year. One year he's at Oregon. (sighs) Really? (sighs) I was going through some of their stuff with Washington. They weren't even competitive with Washington. Wow. Wow. So that, uh, could, so that, so that uh, could set the Ducks program back, what, maybe three more years? Depends on what they want to do with the coaching job. You know, and it, you know, if it's somebody on staff that can keep something going or whatever, or if they have to go outside. I don't know. It's, uh... But he is uh, taking the Florida State job, so now Oregon's op- open. They I mean, Tennessee's open, Arkansas's open, and guess what happens two weeks from tomorrow? Early signing date. Early signing dates, two weeks from tomorrow. Arkansas, Tennessee, and Oregon don't have coaches. Really? This early signing date brings with it, if you have stability in your program, it brings with it advantages. If you have instability in your program, this early signing date brings with it problems. Two weeks from tomorrow, 
you'll be signing people. Even if you hire somebody tomorrow, can they get their feet on the ground quick enough to save a class? By the way, the uh, Giants play the Cowboys this week. Guess who the starting quarterback is? Dun, da, da, da. Eli Manning. Starting a streak at number one. Unreal. Remember what I told you earlier? You have to have a feel for your job to be really good at it. Well, the head coach of the Giants didn't. I just think John Mayer is now kicking himself for not stepping in last week. Yep. All right, final half hour coming up. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Uh, Saquon Barkley will not be one of the three players at the Heisman Awards Ceremony on Saturday. Baker Mayfield, Lamar Jackson, and Bryce Love will be there. I know people have asked me a couple times how I felt about that, and I said, well, you know what? I'm not a person that usually is really big on awards. Uh, But if it's somebody I know, I want them to win. You know, for example, because the Suits won some awards statewide for his play-by-play work. Now, how happy have I been for him when he's won? Ecstatic. You're one of the first to congratulate him. Sure. Exactly. Because I'm thrilled for him. Mm -hmm. Um and it's great getting an award. I think it's great. Uh, but Barkley is about team. And while it would be great for Penn State to have him as a finalist, while it would be great for him that he's a finalist, I think Thursday night, I think the Home Depot Awards are Thursday night, aren't they? Sound right? Yeah, they're usually, what, two nights before the Heisman? Yeah. Yes, down in Florida. Yeah, I think right. so. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, down in Orlando. Uh and he's up for three of those awards. Or now he's actually up for four. My apologies. He's up for four of those awards. And he's up for the Doak Walker, the Maxwell, which I think he'll win, the Walter Camp, and the Horning Award, which I also think he'll win. Uh, so I think he's going to get some hardware. And do I am, I? am I hoping he wins? Absolutely, I'm hoping he wins. Why? Because man, I may not know him that well, but I know him. So of course, anybody I know, I'm hoping he does it. I hope it does for him. Same thing with Mike Kosicki. I hope Mike Kosicki. Yeah, Thursday at seven, and that's at the Hall of Fame in Atlanta. Okay. Starts Thursday at 7. So, I mean, I hope he wins. For him. Just like I hope Mike wins. I mean, these are people at least I know a little bit. And so I'm, I'm hoping they, they do well. 
the, it's easier to vote on the Heisman now than it was in the 60s, 70s, and 80s, because you can see more games now. But still, in the end, a lot of this is based on stats. I mean, we know that. You can't watch every game, and, it, and a lot of this is based on stats. And I'll give you a good example. Amani Oruwarie was second-team All-Big Ten, right? Now, he played some nickel, and then he was in a regular rotation, rotating in and out of corner all season long. He ended up with four interceptions. Now, let's give you an example. Say Amani Oruwarie, as a rotating corner and as a nickel, becomes so good at it that he is the absolute definition of lockdown, lockdown, and they don't throw in his de- in his direction. And he ends up with one interception. Does he make second team all Big Ten? Or because he had four interceptions, he makes second team all Big Ten? See what I mean? People end up looking at these stats when they're trying to make some decisions. Now, Barkley's all-purpose all yard stats are eye-popping, 2,000 yards worth. And you can't account for what he meant offensively as a decoy. Hey, how, many, how many players did he attract in a given play all the time? So the Bidneric Award is going to be handed out Thursday night. It's Bradley Chubb of NC State, uh, Micah Fitzpatrick of Alabama, and Roquan Smith of Georgia. The Bolitnikoff finalists are Michael Gallup of Colorado State, David Sills of West Virginia, and James Washington of Oklahoma State. The Lou Groza Place Kicker Award, Daniel Carlson of Auburn, Dominic uh, Eberly of Utah State, and Matt Gay of Utah. The Ray Guy Award, Michael Dixon of Texas, J.K. Scott of Alabama, and Mitch Wisnowski of Utah. The Maxwell Award, Saquon Barkley, Penn State, Bryce Love, Stanford, and Baker Mayfield of Oklahoma. I still think Saquon's going to win that award. Davey O'Brien Award, J.T. Barrett of Ohio State, Baker Mayfield of Oklahoma, and Mason Rudolph of Oklahoma State. Outland Trophy, Outstanding Lineman, Orlando Brown of Oklahoma, Quentin Nelson of Notre Dame, Ed Oliver of Houston, Jim Thorpe Award, DBs, Josh Jackson of Iowa, Minka Fitzpatrick of Alabama, and Deshaun Elliott of Texas. Doak Walker Award, top running back. Saquon Barkley, Penn State. Bryce Love, Stanford. Jonathan Taylor, Wisconsin. The Mackey Award does include among the finalists Mike Kosicki. Let's just see how this, uh, so let's see how it plays out. But that will be at 7 o'clock on Thursday night. So those are those are the you know, again, and uh, you know, people are mad. They're hurt. Right? Look, there's only three that can go. Whatever. So we'll, we'll see. It's awfully hard to get there, no question. It's interesting that in the Big Ten he received all three honors, and by the Horning Award, I don't think it's being handed out on Thursday, but I think he'll get that one too. Oh. Just some thoughts. Um, I don't get too wrapped up in it. If somebody I know wins one, I'm thrilled for them. If someone's nominated for it, I'm thrilled for them. Um, And look, do I think he's the best college football player in the country? Yes. Why do I say that? 
Oh, I say it because of what I see and by my experience. And look, let's be honest about it. Am I biased about it? Of course I'm biased about it. And that's a big difference between what you'll hear from me and from some other people. I'll admit to you I'm biased when it comes to the kid. But my eyes also tell me he's really, really, really good. He'll be good at any level he plays at. Any level. So that's, uh, I mean, that's how it turned out. You know, I, yeah, I heard about it. I went, eh, okay. So that's coming up this week. But we gave you all the award nominees. Very nice. Ah. We have to figure out what to get the suit for the holidays here. I was going to think about getting him one of those fat hits, you know, that you put up on the wall. <laughs> and a fat oh, head Bettis. of, oh, Bettis. Okay. Oh, absolutely. Sure. With the number underneath that says 3.9. <laughs> I knew you were going there with that. <laughs> 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 You know what's remarkable about him? Have you ever seen Jerome Bettis' full stats? You know, he averaged 3.9 yards a carry in the regular season. You know what he averaged in the playoffs? Uh, probably less than that. No, 3.9. Exactly. All the way. No difference. All the way. Yep. And, of course, I always love the, well, you know, if you carry it three times, that's a first down. Got it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Got the math there, Captain the Analytics. <laughs> so you're telling me <laughs> Merrill Hodge should be in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> it's not funny. Jack Nicholas, your pitch mark shows how far you're really hitting it. Well, I can actually kind of see where it lands. I mean, <laughs> like I didn't hit very far. <laughs> says, elevation is a big factor in how far the ball carries, but humidity, temperature, and how well you're swinging on a given day are also important. If your irons are flying five yards less than normal, you need to recognize as soon as possible and adjust. See, now, see, the suit should listen to this show. I mean, you look at the group we had last year. Now, you cannot, your entire goal on a whole cannot be that once we get near the green, we can use the chutter. Your goal can't be that. Your goal has to be, I want to putt. Now, just to let you know, I have run this chutter deal past several people I know. You have, yeah. No no lie. Jack Ham. Jack Ham. Yes. Ron Moeller. Mole Man. Okay. Mike Wagner. Wags. Right. Number 23. Uh, yep. Mike McGinley. Let's see. Who else have I run this by? A uh, couple of guys. Uh, oh, Joe Hughes, pro over and and uh, and uh, Brian Shorter, who's the pro over at uh, Penn State. None of them have heard of it. <laughs> I think it was quickly a, a briefly it was a topic of discussion uh, at one of your one of your vacation dinners over the summer, I believe. We're sitting there at dinner, and I bring it up, and everybody looked at me and said, have any of you ever 
heard of or used a chudder. And they're like, what the heck are you talking about? <laughs> right? Jack wanted, to, Jack wanted to know the vintage of the wine I was drinking. <laughs> I said, that does have, it does have kind of wine term. That has kind of has, sounds like wine terminology a little bit. You know? Well, I mean, he thought I was drinking the cheap stuff. It was like, oh, no. <laughs> It's like if you say the word "chutter" to Jimmy Cephalo, he turn his nose up. <laughs> oh, Cephalo was like, I brought that up with Jimmy's like, no, I never heard of that. <laughs> no self-respecting golf club in my area would have that, you know. And and there's a connoisseur of one. Oh, my goodness! He's just a know. pure connoisseur of food and wine and good life and living up on the beach. Still sounding great in the radio. Yeah, he does. He sounds good, doesn't he? He does. I mean, he yeah, does. we played one of the, we played the, the interception return the other day. Mm-hmm. Really, really good. I like Jimmy. I've talked to Jimmy and I have talked a little bit about play by play stuff before. I had him. I asked him to guest lecture in my class when he was up here, and he did it. He was great. Uh, suit wanted a fee. All right, so we'll come back with more in a moment as we continue on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Penn's Tavern is where you want to celebrate this holiday season. Whatever feel you're looking for, Penn's Tavern along the Susquehanna River can accommodate your needs. Mountain stone walls and wood floors can be found in the original dining area, giving you that old world charm. Continue back to the newly renovated River Room with 12 PA microbrews on tap. Grab a burger and sit back and relax in this cozy pub area. Penn's Tavern has the best gift certificate offer for the holidays. Buy five gift certificates of the same denomination and receive a sixth one free. Penn's Tavern, a piece of heaven. On Route 147, five miles south of Sunbury. All right. College football playoff, of course, set. Bowls now set. Penn State did practice over the weekend. I think the next, I mean, they've got. Young player practice today, tomorrow, I think. The threes and the fours. Then the whole team's going to go on Thursday, as a matter of fact. So that's where they are with that. Uh, you know, you, you, you practice here and there just to stay sharp enough. Then you're really kicking into another gear with some bonus practices. I'm not sure when they're going to Phoenix. With the game being on the 30th, I would think that this will be the first time under James Franklin that they've had to spend Christmas on the road. Even the Pinstripe Bowl. I think the Pinstripe Bowl, they went to New York after like the 26th. They went to New York. They did not spend... I don't think they spent Christmas Day there. Um, and the other ones have been January 2nd games. Last year was, what, the 1st? Something like that. Or was last year the second? Maybe last year was the second, wasn't it? I guess it was January 2nd last year. It's a Monday. So, um, so, but this time on the 30th, uh, not sure when they're going to leave. I'm going to I'm gonna have to ask when I go to practice later this, this week when they're leaving. I mean, I know I'm not going with them. I think they're going the 23rd. I think. And I think I'm going the 28th. I think that's the way it works. So I'll get in 48 hours before the game. Really do it up big. And, you know, it's not like doing everything up big at the Phoenix on the 29th. 
and the game's at two o'clock out there. It's mountain. It's mountain time now. When they moved, there, you know, when we went back to Eastern time, Eastern Standard Time. See, Arizona doesn't change time, but they change time zones, so they end up being in Mountain Time. After being in Pacific Time during the summer, so it'll be two o'clock out there, four o'clock here. So that means we'll be on the air twelve thirty out there, two thirty here. And then I'll come back, I think, on the 31st, uh, be here for New Year's Eve. Then on the 1st, I have to go to Maryland. I have a game on the 2nd. But I'm only on the road one time now in the next, what's today, the 5th? Yes. Between now and Christmas Day, or let's say between now and the 28th. So that's what, three weeks? I'm only away one day. And it's a Sunday. I have a game at George Mason. Well, well-deserved, because I know you had a really crazy breakneck pace there for a good three-week oh, stretch yeah. there in November when both sports were crossing over. But, hey, that happens every year. So not your first rodeo. Every- nope. Uh, this was a little more compressed this time because of the Madison Square Garden thing. Um, but I... Uh, uh, I agree with you. First, I'm the biggest proponent of going to Madison Square Garden. I think it's really good for the Big Ten to do that. Get into Madison Square Garden. I'm not saying go there every year. And I realize in the Midwest, they're like, "Wow, we want to go to Indianapolis." And once in a while, going to Madison, not they. Everybody I talked to did not like at all going to D.C. last year. Nothing to do with the venue. Nothing to do with the city. They didn't like going to D.C. last year for the Big Ten tournament. You notice that the Big Ten football championship game has never changed. It's always been at Lucas Oil Stadium. Now, this is a conference that has Ford Field, has the new Minnesota Dome, U.S. Bank Stadium. It has Soldier Field. And, yes, it has Lambeau Field. And they have never changed that Indianapolis. And Indianapolis, to its credit does a great job of hosting big events. Final Fours, Super Bowl. They do a great job with it. Big Ten Tournament. Yeah. So they do do a great job with big events. I can understand why for them, the travel's so easy. I, I said, well, you know, I said, I did drive to last year's Big Ten Tournament. I said, it's the first time in my life I ever drove to the Big Ten Tournament. I said, you guys had to fly. I said, I've had to fly to all of them. I went, oh, I never thought of that. I said, I've been, you know, that's what, for the most part, being at the, for all those years, at the easternmost outpost, there is not the convenience of driving, which means if there's not convenience of driving for me, there's not convenience of driving for the fans, and they need to drive more than I do. I just think as a college basketball fan in general, just for years and years watching those you know, Big East tournaments, you know, when you know, Syracuse was part of it and, and Pitt and Seton Hall, and, you know, those, you know, the true, the, you know, those true yeah. schools that were part of the Big East, just watching all those great yeah. tournament games in the garden. What was the, uh, yeah, UConn, uh, was that, Villanova. Yeah, was that six UConn, over, Syracuse, yeah, was UConn, that, Syracuse. that six overtime game with Syracuse yeah. and, yeah. UConn and yes. Syracuse. Yep. And, and Sean McDonough doing the game and it was Jay Billis and, 
Yeah, I'm watching it on TV. I was at the Big Ten tournament in Indianapolis. And Dick and I are like, are you, can you believe this? I don't believe what I just saw. No. <laughs> but so you go, okay, you're gonna take it to the garden. It's New York. Come on. It's New York. Doesn't hurt to go to New York once in a while. Doesn't hurt at all. Better half of upper management agrees with you. Absolutely. She does. Yep. All right. Hey, Jim Delaney's coming up on Friday. We'll talk to the Big Ten Commissioner about a wide variety of issues. I'm looking forward to that very much. Jennifer Cohen, who's the Athletic Director of the University of Washington, is going to join us next week as well. So we have a lot going on. Big Ten, uh, excuse me, Fiesta Bowl Media Day is going to be on Friday the 15th of December. Your station for news, weather, business, and CBS Sports Radio. News Radio 1070 WKOK Sunbury and on WKOK.com.